Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Miha is about to come on and just blow your mind. He's been an incredible, incredible high achiever and taking a different spin on failure. So definitely stick around. We're going to dive into that. Before that, let's talk to you because you are a world-changing human being. Every action, every thought, everything that you do does make an impact on the people around you and the world as a whole. So I want to encourage you to stay tuned in to becoming your greatest possible self so you can be and become your GPS, your greatest possible self, and make a positive impact and leave a legacy that stands the test of time. And number two, anything I could do to support you in becoming your GPS, let me know. Whether that's being a guest on the 12-hour marathon, launching your own podcast, or just working with me one-on-one in coaching to help you get to your next level, would love to explore that. You can find me on facebook.com forward slash th3burns, Instagram at IamMillionaireChris, and email chris at beyourgps.com. Looking forward to talking to you and supporting you however I can, continuing the journey and making it our best life ever. Let's go. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. And this week, it's by Dr. Lokilani. And Lokilani says, inspiring. Chris Burns has a knack for attracting people to his show and turning their stories into powerful messages that inspire many. I love his passion and drive for his work. He authentically comes from the heart to truly impact individuals, society, and the world to make this a better place to live for all. Keep inspiring us. Chris. Thank you so much, Dr. Lokilani. I appreciate you. We want to get a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour marathon all day long. As the featured review of the week, you can go to iTunes and give us a review. Just search Greatest Possible Self on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, and you will be able to leave a review there. Definitely subscribe while you're there so you can get all the latest updates and episodes that come out. We release a new episode just about every day, and you don't want to miss a single one because it could be the one that changes your life forever. So thanks so much for tuning in. Go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search Greatest Possible Self and give us a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. I'm going to introduce Miha in just a second here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. I have a feeling that this wisdom this champion is going to share with you is going to make the difference with where you're at, especially around failure. My goodness gracious, we have a society of beautiful, lovely people, and a lot of times they struggle with rejection, fear of failure, different things like that. Uh, So I'm excited to dive into this conversation. Make sure you stick around all the way through till the end, because one idea has the power to change your life forever. Let's introduce Miha, and then we'll bring him on the screen, because Miha Matlievsky, business coach, has forged his approach to helping entrepreneurs and business executives by using a monumental personal failure and eventual redemption to help get others where they need to go to find their personal success and fulfillment. A man who needs no big giant introductions because he's just crushing it and rocking it. And Miha, are you ready to rock the house here, my friend? 
I'm always ready. I always say I was born ready. That's right. You were born ready, my man. I appreciate it. You're live <laughs> on Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. Thank you for being here and sharing with our audience your wisdom and, and your journey, man. It's been a, a very, very powerful one. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here, honestly. Absolutely, Absolutely man. So let's dive right into the theme of today, which is ultimate alignment. So Miha, what does that mean for you? How has ultimate alignment impacted your life? Oh, I mean, alignment really to me means a being aligned with who I truly am. Yeah. So it was first, it started with a journey of getting to know myself and figuring out, because, you know, we are influenced so much with, you know, the media, the society, our friends, family, and so on, that at one point I really lost myself and, mm -hmm. you know, I started valuing things that were considered to be valued and so on. And the more I lost myself, the more um, I was aching inside. Mm -hmm. it, it was killing me from the inside. And so at one point it was just enough. And uh, I started the journey of, you know, getting to know myself really just it was a dialogue between me at that time and a five-year-old me, you know, just questioning why this, why that. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I rediscovered myself, uh, figured out, you know, what are my true core values, core beliefs, priorities, goals in life, and so on. Uh, found what I'm passionate about. Uh, that that's a good story. We can dive in a bit later if you want. Uh, how I rediscovered uh, what I'm passionate about, um, and then um, yeah, just being aligned. And then once you figure out what it is that who is you, um, and it's so easy to say yes or no to different things because that's you right. know they're either aligned or they're not. Yeah. It's very easy to let people in your life because they're either aligned or they're mm. not, and so on. So yeah, that's that's what alignment means to me. I love it. I love it, Miha, and especially the the aspect where you were being programmed, so to speak, and and directed by society, by external sources and influences. And it's like when you can really source yourself internally, listen to your own internal GPS, greatest possible self, compass. Then that's when like the the passion, the purpose, the the joy in life, the fulfillment really starts to flow through, man. So I hear that that was a a big transformation for you. And for Miha, for anyone who's just getting to know you, why don't you share a little bit more about who you are? what you stand for and what your clients come to you for man oh well now everybody calls me fail coach and it, it's not just what i do it, it's really who i truly am like fail yeah. coach is who i am hmm. and you know often i get asked like what you help people you know what fail more or what um you know and a lot of marketing experts ask you like why would you go with that kind of branding? You know, like everybody wants to be successful and they want to succeed. But it's it's very easy explanation. You know, if if you want to learn how to walk, you first need to know how to crawl. And and the same goes with success. If you want to achieve success, I mean, I I I don't know that there is no single person in this world that was just lucky, 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 lucky all the time <laughs> it's not possible nope. you can't just go success 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 i mean for each even small success on the journey mm. you have to you have to go through road roadblocks yeah. uh bumps on the on the journey and and you know most people consider and and talk about them as failures 
mm-hmm. or they even don't start anything because they already fear the possible failures coming up in the future. And so as, as much as it's important to know the, the, the right things for success, and yes, I do teach those as well. Uh, I, I've had uh, a lot of successful business ventures as well. Uh, but I also help people establish healthy emotional relationship with mm. failure because you are bound to be faced with failure on the road to success. And the thing is, I don't know, maybe maybe this will sound familiar to you as well. You know? So for things that are very common, let's say you want to learn how to ride a bicycle. We all know how that goes. Like nobody has gotten on a bike and started riding it straight away. You fall a few times, you get a few bruises, you dust them off, get back on the bike and so on. We use a word learning. Same, mm. like you learn how to ride, uh, uh, drive a car. Because again, nobody just sat in the car and started uh, driving it on, on the first go. <laughs> but then things that we put very high emotional uh, positive emotions on, like, you know, our business. It's something that will bring us freedom, uh, let us spend more time with our family, travel more, things like that. We have high hopes, relationships. You know, you start dating somebody and after a while you might see them as, as you know, your future husband or wife. And again, a lot of positive emotions that you already see in the future and starting a family together and so on. And, and when we have high positive emotions on one end, when we don't achieve that goal, we go into very low, very, mm. very low negative emotions. And then that's when we actually use the word failure. I mean, I, I never heard somebody say, you know, oh, I failed at making a risotto unless it was for a very important date. Then I failed at making the risotto. You see the right. difference? Yes. Yes, dude, Miha, this so, is this is gold, man. So I, I really want to focus on in this conversation the healthy relationship with with failure, with learning, and definitely get into your your how did you discover your passion? But let's let's go back, man. Let's keep going back to where this journey really yeah. began for you. Your your love for business, success in business. Tell us about that journey that led up to being a fail coach. Well, I'll I'll make it a short one, and you just jump in and ask me anything you want. I mean, I'm a completely open book, but the journey was, you know, 23 years long now, so uh, I have a lot to tell, and we don't have the 12 hours just for ourselves. So I'll, I'll try to make it short and sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, I, start, I, I dropped out of high school when I was 17, and I started working for my father's company at 18. I was kind of sunned by occupation and, you know, not really doing too much, not really learning about business. And everything was super great. Unfortunately, my father suddenly died uh, when I was 23. And I had to take over. I was the only child. I had to take over the company and I had no clue what to do. And of course, people nowadays ask me, like, why didn't you hire a CEO or something? Well, you know, at that time, I didn't have a clue that you can hire a CEO. It was kind of like, okay, so it's it's my father's business. It's it's only natural that I take Take it from there. Yeah. And I mean, that was like 20 years ago. So, you know, no Facebook, no gazillion coaches online and mentors Mm -hmm. and mentorship programs or nothing like that. So, you know, it was a different time. We were learning things from books at that time and so on. So, um, yeah, that's that's how the entrepreneurial journey, let's say, really started. And um, 
at first I had a lot of problems. And then along the way, after about a year, year and a half, um, I was almost bankrupted, the company. Uh, and at that time, I found, luckily, uh, two people who, were, who saw something in me and were ready to invest in the company, get it back up, take over the CEO role, the financial role, and so on. And Micha, you go, you do your stuff. And, and that was kind of like my, uh, one of the first lessons that I didn't learn too much from it. Because very soon, things started going really well for me. I was always good with you know, people skills, networking, communicating, sales, things like that. And so suddenly we were making 100, 150% more revenue year after year after year. And you know, uh, the money was there and I became cocky again. You know, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm so amazing. Uh, and we had quite a lot of differences with the co-founders or the mm-hmm. co-owners. Mm-hmm. Um, especially one of them was very heavy drinker, and um, for me that was a no-no. Yeah. Um, so, so, so before we move on, I want to want to talk about the the cockiness because I know that 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 can be a challenge for a lot of people when they get success quickly uh, or things start going well. What would you recommend to an entrepreneur who's listening right now to stay level-headed or humble and avoid like um, getting cocky and overlooking things? I honestly, I have a reminder on my phone to this day, three times a day, uh, and it says, uh, stay humble, be grateful, and fail forward. Wow. Every morning uh, around 2 p.m. and every evening. Yeah. I, I never want to forget that. And, but it's really just being mindful about it. I don't think there's anything else you can do, but staying humble is 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 really very important because the moment you get too cocky and i mean you know i was 20 something i was living the dream um i had amazing you know uh, a paycheck and amount of money driving bmws fancy restaurants hotels mm. all of it like you know uh, it, it's it's very easy to get caught up in, in that moment and mm. then soon i started coming up with new ideas you know i constantly see problems in the world yeah. and i kind of constantly want to, you know, fix them. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, yeah, I started a few more companies. And by before I was even 30, I had four, five successful companies. Damn. And by that time, my personal net worth mm-hmm. was roughly around 15 million US. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, one of these companies was in real estate. I was doing this huge, huge, huge project. Again, from the place of cockiness and greediness, mm-hmm. um, I had no no clue about how to, you know, I never built a dock house and, and I was doing this huge project. Mm-hmm. And of course, everything that could go wrong went wrong. <laughs> and then the financial crisis uh, came to Europe mm-hmm. as well. And then there was one Monday, uh, December the 7th, 2009, when I got a call in the morning from the bank and they said, well, you know, the price has dropped so much, we can't even break even with this project. We are stopping all the funding, everything. We want our money back. We are, you know, uh, giving up on the agreement. And Tuesday, December the 8th, I was bankrupted all my companies because everything was co-signed because Mm. I really put all my heart in that project. Mm. And so all my other companies were bankrupted because they just took all the money from everywhere. I was left with bills, 
with paychecks that I couldn't pay out to my employees, uh, suppliers, anybody. Like, you know, it felt like the bank got the money, but mm. I kind of owed money to half of my country. I mean, it's a small country, two million people, but it still wasn't a very nice feeling. So what was, um, what was the lesson? What would you do differently next time in that period? Oh, so many lessons, so <laughs> many lessons. I mean, even just how the whole contract was made, how I was managing mm. risks, how I was managing the project, uh, who I was hiring, who I was mm. partnering with. I mean, like there are like gazillions of lessons in, in just that one project. I mean, mm. I could probably write uh, an encyclopedia uh, just on that one thing, <laughs> what, what you can do differently. Um, and, and yeah, so suddenly I lost everything. So I lost all my companies. I lost all my assets, my, my, my personal assets, companies, everything was lost. Um, and I ended up 5 million US dollars in personal debt. Damn. And uh, in Europe at that time, I don't know, maybe the laws have changed. But at that time, if your companies went bankrupt and you were the, the owner and the CEO and you couldn't pay country, the, country, the country the taxes and the, uh, the employees the paychecks and so on, you were unable to uh, make personal bankruptcy. Wow. Um, so, and then the phone calls started every morning. You know, seven thirty, uh, and those were not nice phone calls. I mean, if somebody said, you know, oh, we're gonna sue you, that was nice. I mean, <laughs> most of the phone calls were really like mafia calls. Dang. Um, you know, we'll do this to you, this to your mom. I mean, I just had my mom left. Uh, I, I got divorced in that process. Like literally, I lost everything. So not just the money side, not just the assets. Um, most of my so-called friends from mm. all the cigar clubs and, and yacht clubs and rotary clubs and all of that, that I can say, oh, those are my very good friends. We are spending all this money together, going to dinners and fancy stuff. Well, those were the first one that never answered my phone calls again. Mm. Um, so I was literally all alone in the world with maybe just uh, my mom and, and two or three close friends. And that was it. Um, so I went from all of that being that big ass something to nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, curious, Miha, for someone who might be on the receiving end of, let's say someone goes through tragedy or some difficult situation, um, maybe we're not able to like contribute financially or something like that, but uh, would just someone picking up the phone and saying, hey, bro, you're going to get through this, like it's going to be okay? No. Would, like, would that have made a difference for you, though? Or, like, what were you no, looking for? No, at that no, 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 no. You, you don't want, I mean, that's the, I mean, for, at least for me, that was the worst thing. You know, like, oh, yeah, everything will be okay. Like, how the fuck will everything be okay? I, I don't know if I can say that. Yeah, you can, well, you so. can, totally. Yes. Oh, yeah, so, you know, like, how the fuck will that make everything okay? I mean, do you have any freaking idea what I'm dealing with? And, you know, like, when you're faced with problems, yeah. and I, I need to say this here. Like, um, a lot of people, you know, are amazed at the numbers. Okay. It, it's not about the numbers. It's about the emotions behind it and the negative self-talk. Uh, throughout my work that I do now, mm -hmm. uh, I've met so many people who lost, you know, like tiny bit of what I lost, but okay. all the emotions were there. So mm -hmm. at that time, you feel like your problem is the biggest problem in the world. You are the only one who is going through that. 
and somebody just patting your back. No, give me solutions, you know, mm-hmm. like tell me, like open a door for me, like give me something to work, like, you know, like do something, just not done, just at least that was my experience. So, so problem solving saying, hey, I know you're going through the shit. What what is the next step? What can we do? How can we take the next step together? Like, what can I do to yeah. support you? Like, I'll brainstorm with you. I might not be able to do certain things, but what can we do? And just being there yeah. with you, yeah. trying to create solutions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing was that, you know, at that time, failure was even bigger taboo. And mm. in Europe, failure is a much bigger taboo than, than in the US. And so the thing was that... Um, Everybody was avoiding me like, you know, like I have, I don't know, AIDS, <laughs> you know, like yeah, everybody is just avoiding you. Nobody, like, look, like people who could actually do something, yeah. they were nowhere near. Mm. And you had people who, you know, were just going to their regular nine to fives. Like mm. how can a nine to fiver help me, in, you know, in, in something as monumentally huge as yeah. recovering five million? So how would you how would you have changed or what what was the status of your emotional uh, capacity your emotional state and what what would you have done differently back then knowing what you know now? I mean I mean now I I do things completely differently. It doesn't mean that I don't go through failures anymore. Now I actually love failure, mm. and if I don't fail for a few days, uh, that's something that worries me because it, it means that I'm not pushing myself. Yeah. You know, when, when do you fail? You fail when you do something for the first, second time. Mm-hmm. You don't feel, fail when you do something for the hundredth time or the thousandth time. Right. Um, so, so now not failing is actually a bad sign to me. So I'm not pushing myself. But it, it was like a complete brainwash mm-hmm. um, using very different techniques like you know, balancing yourself emotionally and logically. So uh, practicing him and, and all of these soft skills, it's not as easy to learn them as, you know, some of the hard skills. You have right. to really practice them for a while before you embody them. Right. Mindfulness, because mindfulness lets you step away from the current moment, from the mm-hmm. current emotion and uh, take a look at what's happening to you from a few different angles, um, you know, and just, the way I understand failure now, because at that time, you know, that was a huge shame. Um, mm. I felt ashamed. I felt like I let everybody down. Mm. Even my father's company went bankrupt. Uh, the one he started, I felt like I let him down. Um, and he was already dead and so on. It was, you know, you, you don't talk about it. Not You don't even say it out loud to yourself. Mm. You just have it in your head. Your head's like a nuclear reactor waiting to you know go chernobyl on you uh and 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 you just feel you know like when when you are feel constipated you know that Mm. feeling around your stomach it's kind of like that just much stronger yeah and you know when i was at home it was unbearable to be with my thoughts but then when i did went out sometimes for a coffee with a friend i was unable to be present at the conversation and 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 you know i was just thinking again and like oh like what's this person blabbing about the weather i have these huge problems you know and and so um, So, there was there was there was not a a a cope a healthy coping mechanism with all of that emotion that got uprooted and like there may have been small little incremental 
things that triggered you or you felt shame or you felt guilt over the years and you may not have processed them like super in a super healthy way because you just we weren't taught right we weren't taught how to do those things and then it all blows up in this instance and then you get to see okay like how conscious am I really how effective am I really with dealing with these so you had to get through that phase in your life with what you had at the time yeah I mean Failure was something that wasn't an option. Mm. We were taught that from the young age, you know, like failure is not an option. If you fail, you are a failure. You know, you start thinking in that way. Oh, I failed at one thing. That means that it's done. Like, mm. like what's there more to look forward in, in for this life? Like, obviously, I'm a failure at business. You know, you, I, I wasn't looking at it. Oh, I failed. Okay, let's try it again and do it a bit better. Mm. I mean, that realization came a few months later. I mean, I was then uh, contemplating suicide more and more and more and mm. uh, uh, came very close to it a few times. And then one night at around 11 p.m. in 2010, I actually was already on the other side of the balcony, fifth floor. I was just ready to jump. And at that moment, I don't know why, but you know, my mom came to my mind and I really just said to myself very out loud, Miha, you fucking failed. You screwed everything up. And and hearing myself loudly saying the word you was the aha moment. Because what, what, what the next thought was, if I'm to blame, because, yeah, one thing was like I was blaming everything, everything that happened else, to me yeah. on everything else. Yeah. And that was so empowering. And I started thinking, you know, like, oh, my God, if, if I now do things differently, if I learn, if I change who I surround myself with, if I do better due diligence on partners and, 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 and this and that, I can do even better. Yeah. If I did what I did with all those mistakes. Imagine what I can do if I don't do them. And and that was that was like kind of the, the, the breakthrough moment or the aha moment or whatever you want to call it. And then the first thing I did, I climbed back in and I, I, I just started writing down everything that came to my mind. It was like a huge brainstorm of everything I need to learn, change, new habits. I mean, it was a huge ass list of everything <laughs> I need to do. And then in the morning, the first thing I did, I started calling people I owed money to mm-hmm. before they started calling me. And I was like, you know what? If you, if, if killing me or throwing me with, you know, those blocks of concrete <laughs> tied around my legs in the water, if that's going to help, come here. This is where I am. Let's finish it now. Because if, if this doesn't stop, I can't do anything mm. and it, it, it's not worth living this way. But if you want your money back and I mean, honestly, I don't owe you just 3000 us and mm. I can just get a job and repay you in six months. Mm. Um, no, I owe five freaking million dollars. Mm. I need to do something huge. So if you can't open a door or help me in any way, at least get off my back. Yeah. Let's make an agreement. I'll call you once a month give you an update but outside of that one day i don't want anything to do with you hear you or anything because i need my peace in my head Mm. if i want to create something and that's how the journey started and i mean it wasn't a short journey it took me three three and a half years to really 
work on my personal development, on my business development. I mean, there was really a lot I had to work on. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2014, if we fast forward a little bit, I started a new company, uh, a startup. We were doing energy efficiency for big uh, supermarket chains and for big hotel chains. Energy efficiency means helping them save on electricity and gas. Uh, we were the only ones in the world doing it in, in a special way. So our results were almost double what all the competition was doing. Yeah. And yeah, I scaled that insanely fast in the first year, uh, even more in the second year. And then I had my exit. Um, I, I mean, yes, my share was very, very, very much diluted by the time of the exit. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was able to repay. Um, almost 7 million because in all, all those years with all the interest and everything. Wow. Um, and then I went on a huge ass long vacation, <laughs> came back home and I was bored to death. Like, what uh. do I do now? You know, like, what do I do? Like, um, do I just go to the local bar and hang out with people <laughs> who are there drinking beer? But that didn't sound too appealing. And it was then when I realized that, you know, like in all these years as an entrepreneur, mm. I, I, I'm not just an entrepreneur by job description. Mm. That's who I am. I'm an entrepreneur. And I love hanging out with other entrepreneurs. I love, uh, you know, talking, brainstorming, helping, uh, exchanging, masterminding, all of that. And uh, I just went to the local startup incubator, volunteered that, and uh, slowly the whole fail coach thing was born um, and I started doing it more and more and more. And yeah, that's where I am today. Damn. I love it. I love it. Mia. I love the journey. And there's, there's like so much gold that you've already shared. And I want to dive in specifically and like, what, what is it that you really cover in these sessions with your clients around failure? You've mentioned a couple different things around, you know, being able to be in tune with your emotions, mindfulness, some other strategies. So let's, let's dive in more oh. what we need to know about failure, man. I think the simplest way I can explain what I like, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those coaches or mentors or you know like oh i'm just a coach i'm just gonna mm -hmm. ask you questions i i come from a place where i do my due diligence what it is that you need and then i'll give you what you need mm -hmm. and of course if i know that i i'm the right person to do that so sometimes you're a teacher sometimes you're a coach sometimes you're a mentor mm -hmm. sometimes you're just brainstorming with them together an advisor like I, I do all those roles uh, as they are needed. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of time, it's not about the business strategies. I mean, yes, I can teach people about that as well. I'm very good in business development, CEO, leadership uh, skills and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, also setting up sales processes and, and uh, just setting up processes, automatizations and so on. So, yes, I can do all of that cash flow management and so on. Right. But most of the time I see that people that entrepreneurs at all the different stages. So I've worked with, you know, one entrepreneur just entering the entrepreneurial world yeah. all the way up to nine, ten figure entrepreneurs. Um, and it boils down most of the time to just uh, a lot of uh, personal coaching, a lot of life coaching, if we mm. call it that way, because the thing is. We all have our own inner demons, mm -hmm. whatever they might be, and we have to deal with them. And, and things won't happen on the outside until we figure out things on the inside. That's right. 
And, and so most of the time, why somebody is not scaling as fast as they want, why is it they are not exiting, why they're not doing this or that has less to do with the technical stuff. Yes, mm -hmm. you have to add that bit as well, but it's more with what we are going through internally. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's it's powerful to recognize we are at our root. At our roots is is what produces the fruits, right? Like I think uh, T. Harv Eker, Millionaire Mind Experience, talks about that. The roots produce the fruit. So if we have roots to our masculine or feminine energy, parents, whatever we were taught, whatever it means, money, power, God, good and evil, all that kind of stuff, like that will shape our reality and whether or not we're able to create those kinds of results. So what kind of challenges do people usually come to you with? And you work with a lot of different people, but what are some of your favorite challenges to tackle and, and how do you go, go about doing that in, in your conversations? Well, to be honest, I mean, I started doing a lot of help, helping more seasoned entrepreneurs, you know, mm -hmm. seven plus figures. Uh, but I don't know. It just wasn't, I wasn't feeling the passion. Mm. Um, and so recently this year I moved almost completely. I, I still have a few of the one-on-one -on -one clients mm -hmm. uh, where I have to finish what we started. Yep. Uh, but I'm moving toward just really, helping people who are just entering the entrepreneurial world mm. uh, and and the reason why i think is because i'm not an aspirin guy you know like if you come to me and say oh my i, I have a headache i'm not going to give you an aspirin mm -hmm. i want to figure out the root cause yep. and and the thing is when i see entrepreneurs coming to me when they're already at seven eight nine figures it's because they didn't lay down the right foundation at the start and so my my thought was if i can help people at the start to lay down really solid, really good foundation, then they can build as as high as they want. They can stop at 10K a month. They mm. can stop at 100K a month. They can go to 10 figures. Mm. If the foundation is there, and that's why I, my program is called Framework for Freedom, yeah. because every entrepreneur in this world, if you ask them, what, why did you enter the entrepreneurial world? I mean, I'm not going to say 10 out of 10, but at least 9 out of 10, they will tell you for the freedom. Yep. The definition of freedom is different. Somebody wants to travel. Somebody mm -hmm. wants to spend more time with the family and so on. But it's freedom that we are seeking and it's framework that we need. Mm -hmm. are, you know, it's almost like uh, uh, so many entrepreneurs, when they start out, it almost looks like uh, when they are, uh, when, you know, when you start building a house and you would start at the first floor, you would just skip the ground level and the foundation. And, you know, but that's what most of them do. They skip very important things in laying down the right foundation. One, so what are, foundation. what are, what are some key elements and ingredients of that foundation to get right before we start building something big, a skyscraper, an empire? Yeah. So I have a five pillar system. Okay. And the first pillar is you, the entrepreneur. So we work a lot on the all the right mindsets and, and techniques like emotional intelligence, mindfulness, and so on, mm -hmm. because it's so important for making good and well-balanced decisions. Uh, because, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, sometimes you need to be very logical. Sometimes you need to come from the heart. Best explanation would be when you're doing cash flow, that should be purely logical. But then when you are, you know, talking to your team, inspiring your team, that needs to come from the heart. Yeah. And, you know, it's hard to balance all those roles mm. because you're constantly on a daily basis. This is logical. This is emotional. This is balanced. This is this. This is this. And it's not easy. 
So we are laying down first the foundation in personal development. Okay. Then we do business development, which is really just lean, lean, lean approach to uh, a business plan. Because most of my the entrepreneurs that I work with now are not startups mm. in, in that sense where they would need funding. I mean, I did work a lot with startups as well, and I can help them get you know, the pitch decks together and this and that. But um, if you're just working for yourself, if you want to start your own business, you don't need that elaborate business plan. So we have a very lean approach um, where we just really tackle first the product market fit. Because if you don't have a product market fit, if you can't validate that, I mean, you have nothing. Um, So it's that. Once we have that, we go into the operational part, like client journey, marketing, content, all of that. Um, and then it's really about validating and creating the processes before the fourth pillar, we can start the growth and scale. Mm. And then the last, the fifth pillar is entrepreneurship is a very freaking lonely job. And, you know, we are mostly surrounded with unentrepreneurial people. I mean, unless you live in, you know, L.A. and San Francisco and Chicago, where you have meetups every day, all day long. Uh, And so it's it's really a community that where I bring them all together, where we have weekly brainstorming sessions. They love them because, you know, they hit a roadblock, bam, they join the brainstorming session. Bam, they have a solution. They can move forward. So we go really, we really fail fast and we fail forward. So the brainstorming sessions are fail fast, fail forward. Um, and then, you know, we have uh, all sorts of different things like networking, accountability, and all of that. And I mean, just being surrounded well, with like minded um, people who are also trying to achieve something. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, very beneficial to every entrepreneur yeah the the community is so freaking powerful man like that's one of the greatest things yeah. about this 12-hour marathon is i get to have like great relationships with people like you miha and other experts and people who are changing the world it just constantly is is fueling my fire stoking the fire and thankfully we have things like podcasts and watching youtube videos but that doesn't ever replace having a conversation. It doesn't ever replace, especially like if we can do face-to-face, man, there's nothing that beats that. So going to like live events, workshops, seminars, networking events in person, in person, that's the best. But a lot of people don't have that luxury in their location. So I totally appreciate yeah. that you do it digitally too, man. Yeah. So that's, that's really, the, those are the five pillars yeah. that we go through. And, you know, it's go at your own pace program. So some yeah. people go through it and in two months i mean it really depends you know how much leverage they bring to the table already Mm. uh i mean that's one thing that i super hate about people selling blueprints without telling that you know no blueprint can be completely copy pasted because you know maybe you you created a seven-figure business but at one point a friend of yours was i don't know a huge Instagram influencer and they mentioned you and bam, you know, like your funnel was a success. And then if I don't have that same person in my network, I can't replicate it. Um, So that's why I I stay away from the blueprint work. um, And that's why I'm giving them the framework because if you use that framework, you can create any business. So it's, I don't like, you know, giving fish to people. 
I'd rather teach them how to fish. That's right. That's right. So what's, an, so active, what's an active way that we can fail more in our business, in our life? Like how do you, how do you engineer that failure in, in a uh, appearingly or seemingly safe way or like an enticing way, a valuable way? Um, it's by introducing the concept of processes, mm-hmm. measuring the steps, uh, having good KPIs, mm-hmm. and then benchmarking those results against either past results, future expectations, uh, or industry standards, or competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the key. When you have processes, even if it's a sucky process, uh, but and you can measure it, you can quickly see where you are, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, are the numbers there, aren't they there, and then you can make very good decisions. I mean, the best way to do good decision-making, and then you can react fast and change and pivot and, and, and you know, all of that. But, I mean, uh, the foundation of every business needs to be proven, duplicatable processes paired with the KPIs. For the KPIs, you need to measure as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the full story comes with the benchmarking. That's the number one foundation and of course your first process will not be a good one so i teach them the uh, so we we learn the mindset of permanent beta Mm. that way Mm. we take away the you know everything needs to be perfect and and things like that Mm. and you know i invite them to be childlike you know to just enjoy it to like i don't know in one company we will we were reworking the whole sales process and I actually said to the whole sales team that if they bring a single yes until they do 50 calls, I won't like it. I want mm. to hear 50 no's. But then we had a template with the reflection questions for each call. And the amount of progress, amount of learning about, you know, objections, mm. uh, how things were done, what scripts was somebody using, and then pairing all of that together. And we had an amazing project manager on top of that, gathering all that information and filtering through what's working, what's not. And uh, at the end, they had a sales process that was doing three and a half times more conversion than before. That's rad. That's that's and that company went from went from a few millions to close to twenty millions in revenue. Wow! So it wasn't you know like a a startup at the beginning. It was actually a seasoned company uh, stuck at a certain level of of revenue, Mm -hmm. roughly the same revenue for a few years, and then we did a complete revamping of the uh, of the whole processes, especially the sales process. And, uh, yeah, um, they went to, uh, I think it was like 4X, 5X on, mm. on, on the revenue. Yeah. Wow. This is incredible, man. Um, what do you, what do you say to the entrepreneur who's, um, below six figures, still at like the startup level and they're getting like inconsistent results. I know you talked about processes in, in the foundation. What do you think might be missing from their foundation or do you think it could be psychological? There's probably a lot of different things that could be going on, but what do you usually see? Um, we need to start always measuring things. Without mm-hmm. measuring, we can't know what's really working, what's not. Because, yes, I, I do have quite a lot of them who are making six figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's it's like the revenue is coming each time from a different source. Like, not different source, but they're making sales of whatever they're selling. 
but it's it's not a proven duplicatable system. It's not, oh, I go on LinkedIn, I do this, right. I do that, and bam, there's a client. Mm. They, they're coming from all over the place. Um, so we need to start measuring, and then usually we need to trim the fat, not add more, but trim out what's the... But, you know, you need to figure out the uh, what's the 80 that does uh, what's the 20 that does the 80 yeah. and then and then work on that but again you you start with the measuring you start with unloading all your processes mm-hmm. i call them processes 1.0 and then uh and then uh, it it usually takes my clients roughly between month and two months to really work on them polish them make them more efficient test them out measure them kpi them figure out which ones are really working, which ones are not, mm. and then how to duplicate them and so on. So it's a process uh, of, of going from, yes, I'm making some money, but it's like from all over the place to, mm. okay, now it's, it's almost like an on-off switch. Yeah. Yeah, that's gold. And I think that's what everyone wants in business. They want it to be predictable, repeatable, consistent, that they can they can just put their trust in it and their faith in it. And ultimately, it's to be able to step out of having to manage all those things themselves or execute the processes, be the technician, and have other people run it for them, right? It's like that that dream yes, of having yes. total freedom, you know? I mean, that's how that's that's how we start in even in the framework for freedom. Of course, in the beginning. You know, if you don't have the resources, you have to be the solopreneur mm-hmm. and you have to do be an all around person. I mean, right. if you if you don't have the money to outsource or create a team, that's how you start. Yes. Um, but then, you know, we have that mindset that immediately after we start generating enough cash flow, um, we are reinvesting that back in creating the team, in, in creating the processes. Mm-hmm. And in like, yeah, the end dream or the end goal is for you to be free um and uh, the way i say it is the freedom of money is the easiest one i mean it's it's not so hard to go to six seven figures and you know for most people that's enough to for have having a nice life right. um freedom of time is much more difficult because mm-hmm. you need to learn how to let go how to trust others that they will do things for you that's where you create systems and processes and 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 you, you know teams and so on and you have employees uh, and then by doing, by achieving freedom of time and freedom of money, that's where the ultimate freedom comes. And that's the freedom of choice. Mm. And then, you know, I mean, for me, it's all about like, I love what I'm doing. I, I, I like, I just said that the other day to, to, um, to a friend of mine, he said, well, you know, you have all these calls and all these brainstorming sessions and all of that. He said, you know what? If I could just open Zoom and have it open 24-7, <laughs> that would probably be my dream life. I mean, yeah. uh, but I, I, I do have freedom to choose whether I want to do that or not. It, it's, it's more about not having to do it, mm. but you can choose whether and how much of that you want to do. That's that's perfect, man. Um, take us to the place where you really got clear that this was the vision for your life that you wanted to live out, coaching, mentoring, facilitating people and growing their business. When did you like design this version of you that's living out now? When did you create that? Um, it it, it kind of happened unintentionally. I just yeah. like, you know, my story got quite popular in, 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 in Europe, in, in especially in the country where I come from. And, you know, entrepreneurs started calling me and, and asking me questions and, oh, can you help us with this? Can you help us with that? 
And I, I just kind of fell into it. And, and the more I was doing it, the more I was enjoying it. Mm. And even now, many times, um, either investors approach me and say, oh, Miha, when would you start something new? We want to be there. You know, like just say whatever you need. We are there. Uh, or people ask me, like, with all this knowledge, why don't you create, you know, 10 more companies and scale them, you know, to 10 figures or, or above? But I don't know. It's just, I guess I'm a bit tired from that last scaling still. Mm, yeah. But it's, it's just, it's not more anymore about me. It's, it's, it's now I'm helping others. And instead of working on one company on my own, I can actually help hundreds of companies um, um, and, and help them, you know, uh, build their companies on the right values, on the right foundation. Mm. And it's, it's like, you know, uh, instead of being the leader, it's creating leaders. Um, and it's so fulfilling. And when you see, you know, like I have quite a lot of success stories from my clients. And when you see people who came from this huge adversity, mm. huge adversity, and now they are, you know, not just making for themselves, but they are giving and, and helping others and creating jobs and, and, and all of that. I mean, there's like nothing that can buy that fuzzy warm feeling in your heart hmm. i love it so your your perfect day would be just keeping open the zoom room all day long and i'm sure you have more aspirations than that in terms of impacting <laughs> and in serving lots of companies so can you tell us a little bit more about the the future of of fail coach and framework for freedom and all that you got going on what are you excited yeah. about um i mean i started with the one-on-one -on -one coaching and then i started seeing patterns you know, like same questions, same things started emerging. Yeah. And I realized at one point that 80% of business is, is really duplicatable. I mean, it mm -hmm. can be even in, in different niches, in, in different, like, well, it can be a service company, retail company, a production company. Of course, the production company will have a longer process and so on. But the principles are really the same. And then there's like 20% that's kind of unique. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking, you know, how can I, like, I can only work with a few people one-on-one. -on -one, so how can I leverage my time? How can I leverage my impact? And that's how we came up with Framework for Freedom. And we started that like four or five months ago. Um, we started it with uh, roughly 50 people. And now in September, we will start enrolling more. I really wanted to do a test, you know, how I can manage a big group of people and this and that. So um, like kind of control scaling. So not to go too, too fast, too quickly. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's one thing. And then, of course, I already have ideas because framework for freedom is to get you to that six-figure income, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which is okay for the most people. And then I already have ideas, uh, you know, like from uh, six above uh, and doing retreats. And, you know, I already speak at conferences, do a lot of podcast interviews and, and all of that. So, yeah, it's just building on top of that foundation, that, that, that framework for freedom, um, and then going forward from there. And you, you have your own shows, right? Your own podcast, your own stuff that you, yes. you produce. Tell us a little bit more about that. Oh, I mean, I have a podcast that's really called Brain Dumb by the Fail Coach. Mm. And it really, the way it happened was, you know, I, I constantly talk with entrepreneurs and they ask me a lot of the same questions. I wonder, Why don't I just record something, yeah. put it somewhere? And <laughs> when somebody asks me something, you know, I just point them to that episode. And yes. that's how it started. But then I started doing 
interviews. And so now it's a mix of my own episodes and, and interviews. And then the second thing that I do is LinkedIn Live. So enough to be invited into that small beta group to do LinkedIn uh, Lives. And again, I'm now mostly doing interviews, but more and more people are telling me like, come on, share some of your stories, share some of your failures. So again, in September, I'll be starting sharing much more uh, of my uh, my stories as well. Mm-hmm. And then a passion project that hasn't yet really started is Failures Anonymous, which is mm-hmm. um, it, my vision is to be like AA meetings, just about failure, small groups of people. Because one thing is very, uh, I see it all, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are faced with failure, you don't talk about it. You mm-hmm. don't put it out. You mm-hmm. keep it in. The moment you start sharing, but it's good to have that controlled, safe environment yes. where you can really share, the healing starts. I mean, it won't solve it. You still have to then do the steps, but the healing starts and that big, big rock falls off your chest. And so uh, that's that's kind of the end goal is getting failures anonymous to... Um, and, and yeah, my, my uh, vision, my idea... Uh, what I want to achieve in this lifetime is to be the person who uh, was able to break the taboo called failure. So I want to be the start of that. Of that, and, and uh, I don't know if I'll achieve it, but I know that I I will probably die sooner than stop going for that. That's right. That's right, man. I love it. I love the mission and to be able to free people up from the pressure, from the shame, from the guilt, from the the quality of life. It like just steals people's lives away, hiding, playing small, trying to pretend, trying to avoid confronting Chris, it. I'm sorry, but do like I, I I'm so obsessed with failure. I studied it very well. Um, fear of failure is number one dream killer. Mm. And failure with entrepreneurs is the number one reason for suicide. After you face tremendous failure, number one reason for suicide. And Mm -hmm. tremendous doesn't have to mean gazillions. Mm -hmm. It can just be something that's highly emotional and and creates a lot of negative self-talk. Yeah. It could just be someone, a startup entrepreneur, trying to pitch their idea to a bunch of investors and feeling like they're hopeless and like there's no there's no yeah. way that they'll ever succeed and they got all this pressure yeah. and, and angst and they choose to end it, man. So I, I see what you're doing is super, super beneficial for humanity and also for people's ideas and visions and dreams to come to life because how many people go to the grave with their dreams, with their their visions still inside of them, their music still inside of them, not having been sung and delivered to the world, man? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, that's why I'm constantly thinking how I can leverage myself, how I can leverage my time and all of that and help as many as I can. Mm-hmm. And maybe one thing, if you don't mind me, oh, uh, you have the link below there. Yeah. So if people go to uh, frameworkforfreedom.me, mm-hmm. uh, it will really just take them into my chat bot. And once they're there, they just type, pick my brain. Okay. And uh, they will see a calendar link where I constantly, uh, I constantly add new times for brainstorming sessions. So I do this free brainstorming sessions. Anybody can join. They can just come and hang out with me. We can talk, you know, like 
about the stories or things like that, or they can come up with questions and uh, I bring also other experts in. So I do brainstorming sessions with my clients. Mm -hmm. That's separate. Mm -hmm. And then this is like open to public brainstorming sessions where I try to bring all the 23 years of all the failures, all the successes, all the work with other clients as well. Because in the in, in the past, I worked with over three and a half thousand entrepreneurs or companies mm -hmm. already. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, it's, it's like whatever you're experiencing, you are experiencing, I'm almost sure that I had a client or it <laughs> happened to me uh, in the past. And we might have an idea what you can try, what you can test to bounce back quicker and, and, and move forward. So everybody's really invited to do that if they want. Uh, yeah, they can just click the link that you just posted. Yep. And then uh, all they have to do is, uh, um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, write, um, what did they say? Pick my brain. So yeah. just pick my brain and, and the chat bot will take it over from there. Love it. I love it. Miha, so they go to www.framework, the number four, freedom.me. And that's how they can uh, get access to that. Yeah. Yeah. Even if, they, if, even if they don't use the number four and they type in four, it will take them there as well. I, I, <laughs> I, I, <love> I, <laughs> uh, I was, uh, my marketing guru uh, was uh, uh, pointing that out to me. You should better buy both domain names right. uh, so that... It, it doesn't make any confusion. So, yeah. That's great. That's great, man. Okay, so they can go there and get a Pick Your Brain session. That's awesome. How else can they stay connected with you? Where do they find you on, on the internet and social media? Well, I mean, most of what I do is trying to give as much value as possible. Yeah. So um, I'm most active on LinkedIn. So okay. that's number one. Um, I do... Um, Twice a week, I do these interviews. And like I said, in September, I'll start sharing other content as well. So nice. that's kind of like my main hub for the content. And the second one is my podcast. But, you know, we're on Facebook now, so they can connect with me on Facebook. Uh, and probably in the near future, I'll come up with, you know, uh, uh, ideas how to share some of the content on Facebook as well. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll create some new stuff just for Facebook. Um, but you know, you can't be on all platforms, be on the ones that feel the best for That's you. Right. And I really love that live feature and mm. it's not overcrowded because you just have, I think it's like two or 300 of us in the whole world that have yeah. that access right now. I think I'm the only one from Eastern Europe. <clears throat> and, uh, so yeah, I just love that platform. That's epic. Epic, man. So remind us the podcast name one more time because uh, this is also um, going to be going out to podcasts. I know we have some listeners. Yeah. So uh, Brain Dump by the Fail Coach. Yeah. And it's on 12 different platforms. Anything from uh, iTunes, Google, uh, Switcher, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, all, all of those main ones. Beautiful. Beautiful, man. I love it. So everyone search for that podcast. Definitely subscribe because Miha has just given away all this great gold and join him on a conversation. Miha, thank you so much for being here. We're going to wrap it up with the final yes. takeaways, the 60 seconds of fire of empowering people to be their greatest possible self. What do you want to leave them with, man? Oh, I, I always use the same thing. And that's what I have for my reminder. And it's like, just stay humble. It's really important. Stay humble. 
be grateful. When I say be grateful, it's not just about being grateful. It's also, you know, we are always trying to uh, have more resources than we actually have. We are always in the lack of resources. Even Apple doesn't have unlimited resources. And we focus on that instead of being focused on what we have right now, what we can work with. So my understanding of being grateful is not just saying, oh, I'm grateful that I woke up this morning. Even that's an important uh, uh, grace as well, but also working with what you have. And then, yeah, just fail fast, fail forward. Um, you know, establish that healthy relationship with failure and uh, fail fast, fail forward, because success is just around the corner. Yes, it is. Miha, you're a champion, man. I appreciate you being here, bringing the wisdom, the energy. You're a powerhouse, man. Thank you so much for Thank all you. that you've shared with us, man. Thank you, Chris. And of course, I'm looking forward to having you on both my LinkedIn Live and my podcast in the near future. So yeah, you're coming to that as well. So We're thank doing you. it. We're doing it, man. I appreciate you yeah. and have the best day ever. We'll see you soon. Okay, Miha? Take care. Bye-bye. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, Head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. <laughs>